Okay, hello, hello, hello. Just trying to make sure we are live. I'm checking my Facebook page also, or. Hmm. Let's see. No, it's not as in go live yet. Hold, hold on, maybe. Let me, let me reduce this real quick here. Okay. Oh, here we are. Okay, one second. All right, looks like we are good to go here. Hello, everyone. Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. What's well, a little gloomy here in Michigan, but welcome everyone. My name is Jacqueline Kabai Harrison. You are joining us for A Queen's Roundtable Show which happens every second and fourth Sunday of the month. I bring on a phenomenal entrepreneur. And basically we just talk openly and honestly about entrepreneurship and some of the different struggles and how, how they handled it, how they're able to push on, how they stay inspired to continue the great work that they do. So again, my name is Jacqueline Kabai Harrison and I am a confidence and success coach and I work specifically with African-American women that have coaching and or consulting businesses. I help them to create effective strategies to put in place to be able to eliminate negative self-doubt and those self-sabotaging behaviors that can prevent us from showing up and basically leveling up our businesses. So without further ado, I'm going to let my guest introduce herself. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. My name is Anita Charlotte, and I am a dating relationship and marriage coach for grown-ass women. I've been in business since 1999, so this is not my first rodeo. I make sure that I help women learn how to attract, maintain, and build authentic relationships based on spiritual and practical concepts. Mm. Nice, nice. I'm also an Amazon best-selling author of the book, The Five Phases of Dating, The Grown-Ass Woman's Guide to Attracting and Maintaining Authentic Relationships. And I am the CEO and founder of Relationship Architect Academy, which is the online school where uh, grown-ass women and those that love them can go to learn more about how to maneuver and to uh, live their lives from their truth um, based on what's really going on deep down inside, not what we project to the world, but getting down to uh, the what my mother used to call the nitty gritty of who we are and um, how we tend to show up in our lives. And that's a that's a group. Is that that's a monthly ongoing group or? Yes, it okay. is. It currently, I am in the process of revamping. So it is a monthly membership where you can either go uh, pay a monthly fee and you have access to the entire course library, 
or you can purchase the courses individually. So we're in the process of rebranding and reformatting and, you know, retiring some courses and bringing on new courses. Uh, me and my new team. So I'm not doing this by myself anymore, which is great. Now I get to get some sleep. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, that, that that's a whole nother subject, right? Because when we first start off, we're wearing all the hats, mm -hmm. you know, but then as we go along, it's, you know, we, we can't do it all, you know, and right. we have to, we have to um, be able to get a virtual assistant or like you said, put a team together. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, we, we can't continue to juggle all those and still you know, do, do, do what we do. Right. You know, so good. Excellent. I'm right. just, I'm, I'm pulling up my form now. Okay. So, so I, I was going to say, tell us what's your purpose. I know you've been doing this since 99. Wow. Mm -hmm. So what, what's the, what's the why behind why you do what you do? Okay. Great question. Um, I love telling this, <laughs> this story. Um, so I was, um, in an abusive marriage. And I walked away from that marriage, thank goodness, in 96. And so as I tried to find um, someone that I could talk to that really understood what I was going through, but not only just talk to, but that they can give me, you know, tips and tricks and things that they use in order to grow through the pain from having uh, experienced domestic violence, I couldn't find anyone. I talked to, um, I talked to pastors, I talked to licensed clinical social workers, I talked to psychotherapists, psychoanalysts, I've talked to, you know, everybody that they say you should talk to, mm -hmm. but it was always a one-way conversation, right? Because when you're a part of the, and this is no shade to anybody in the uh, psychological profession, because I do believe that they serve a purpose, it just wasn't the purpose that was meant for me at the time. And um, it was always one way. I would go in and I would talk and I would, they would ask me the clinical questions. And I was like, I'm not, you know, I need you to talk to me. I want you to talk to me to tell me what you've gone through. But of course, they can't do that. That's not part of their profession. They, that's not part of, you know, they agreed to not talk about certain things with their licensing. That wasn't working for me. So a coworker of mine uh, recommended this woman and uh, she was a metaphysician. And I was like, well, I've, I had no idea what that was. So I tried everything else. Let me go ahead and try this woman. So basically a metaphysician, just to keep it really simple, is almost uh, the equivalent to like, um, uh, like a, a Christian minister, right? So it's a, it's a combination of like a, a spiritual and uh, a spiritual minister or therapist or um, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, the I can't find the word right now, but anyway, it's a combination. So what she was able to do was when I walked into her into her home because she had an in-home business, she was able to connect with the spirit of who I was, right? Not just okay, you're you know an African American woman because she wasn't, um, and you know this is who you are, this is who your job is. But she knew it's almost like she knew before I even walked through the door what I was dealing with and she could actually see in my face the pain that I was carrying. So within two sessions with her, I was able to get to where I, just two sessions, the sessions were like two and a half hours. Um, and I had two of those. Within those two sessions, I was able to let go of a lot of things, not just from my marriage, but from my past. 
um, she was able to help me bring those things up to see the truth in those things and the value in those lessons. And I said, okay, that's it. I need to be this. <laughs> I need to do what she's doing. And so I got my uh, bachelor's in metaphysics from a, um, American Institute of the Holistic Theology. And I started doing what I knew best. I'd always been a person that people would come to for advice. And I was always, it seems like I'm always that person that has to experience the drama first so that I can talk other people through it. So I decided to do it in 99. I, I decided to do it, uh, uh, just take the leap and just do it, you know, not just for me and not just for my friends, but for as many women as I could actually uh, reach. And I've been doing it ever since. Wow, beautiful. Okay. All right. You know what? I have to say this. I'm a licensed clinical therapist. Let <laughs> <laughs> you say it, I'm sitting here like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> That's why I said no shade because, you know, there is a purpose. And I do yeah. believe, and there are uh, clients of mine where we talk, and I'm like, okay, right now, I think you will be better served right. mm -hmm. by speaking with some because there are topics and things that I just don't do. Right. And I'm not that type of person where I'm going to say, yeah, sure, I can help you. If I know it's not in my wheelhouse, I'm going to refer you out somewhere else because I'm, the mind is a completely different thing. I'm dealing with spirit here. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, in, in conjunction with that, we do talk about things and we do exercises that I have borrowed from, you know, the psychological profession, mm -hmm. but I'm not professing to be a licensed clinical social worker, psychoanalyst, therapist, any of those. Mm -hmm. um, and while, it, again, I don't have anything against them, but I like to be able to share parts of my life and I curse a lot. So um, that probably wouldn't be <laughs> too good in a professional setting. But if I'm talking to my clients and they, they understand where, you know, I'm coming from, they can be 100% themselves. And if they need to curse, then they do that. If that helps them to express themselves, but we, we make it through together. You know, <clears throat> you know, feel free to, you know, just speak naturally, you know, because, I, you know, it's, it's all about being authentic, right? Right, right, <laughs> and right. Ladies, we're gonna, she's going to get into that later on in her topic, but I know, you know, a lot of us, you know, think that in order to be successful, and this is, I don't want to veer off too much. Sometimes, yeah, for those of you that know me, you know, sometimes I get excited <laughs> and I may veer off, but I'm going to do better, um, is that sometimes you, you think you have to imitate other people or things have to be done a certain way. You know, but if that, whatever, however you want to deliver your message, you know, um, deliver, please deliver your message. However <laughs> you feel comfortable delivering it. Now, so now you, you really got me, piqued my interest. So tell me again, you got your undergraduate degree in what exactly? Metaphysics. Metaphysics. Okay. Right. So I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there that may still have some question marks about exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. So, Tell me one, one, one more time. Okay, metaphysics is, is what, what, what all the, what all does it in, encompass? Okay, so let me, let me see if I can find a different way to explain it. So metaphysics, it during metaphysics or during my training, put it that way, okay. we learned a lot about the self okay. and about connecting to the spirit of who we are. We also learned, um, we used different books that helped us to get down and answer the deeper questions. So sometimes when you're going, and I, I can, I'm speaking from experience, sometimes when I would go into you know, the therapist's office, 
they would have one topic that we were going to cover in mind and we would always take it back to like okay um what was the situation with your parents right what was the situation with the parents yes the your parents and your environment play a big role in who you become but for me when it came to metaphysics it wasn't just about who are your parents but let's understand what your parents experiences were so that you have an idea of why they were the way that they were, why they weren't able to love you, why they weren't able to give you, you know, the nurturance that you needed. You know, sometimes it's not because they didn't want to, but that they just didn't receive it and they didn't know how to give it back to you. So it takes it a step deeper. We're looking under the covers. Metaphysics helps us to look under the covers. Um, Having done this and having done the work on myself, I'm able to read between the lies that my clients have told themselves and that, you know, people around them have told them. So if you tell me there is something that's going on after, I'm sure in your profession, you've, Mm -hmm. you've had plenty of clients, you're able to identify things while you don't want to, you know, put a label on it right away. You know, what's, what's coming up in your head. So, you know, those questions to ask to, you know, to bring that out. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I'm able to do. So someone could tell me, you know, um, Uh, this is, I'm a, I'm such an honest person. And, you know, I always say what I mean. And, you know, I always tell them what I want. And I'm like, okay, well, let's dig a little deeper. What does that mean? And I use this example in my book too. If you're saying you want someone who's honest, okay, then we all have a general idea of what honesty means. But let's think about that. What does honesty could mean something completely different to you than it means to me? So then we get to the, we get deeper, we go deeper. What does that mean? How does that show up? If someone were to come in your space and didn't say I was honest, how would you know that they were honest? Right? So one particular example is a client said, well, everybody knows what honesty means. I was like, okay, well, tell me, what does it mean to you? Well, it means if I ask you if there's something going on, then you tell me what's going on. I was like, okay, a little bit more. Um, if I, you know, if I ask you if there's something wrong, then you don't say, you don't tell me that everything is fine. Everything is fine. Or, and I know that there's something wrong. I said, okay, well, how about this? Um, what if you were to look for, so how can you identify that? Well, if they don't say anything, then I know that they're not an honest person. I was like, that's not necessarily true. That person can be honest, but what you're looking for, I think, is an individual who is not only in touch with their feelings, but is able to openly articulate those feelings to you. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what I want. I said, well, if you look at it and you get down to the definition that way, then you're able to determine whether or not someone in your dating space is going to have this capability before you get too far down the road with them And your heart is hurt later because you say that they don't open up. Well, if you knew what you were looking for initially, then you wouldn't have to worry about that because you could see it in the beginning and decide whether or not you wanted to go down that road. So metaphysics helps me to dig deeper. Okay. It helps me to get to the deeper questions. It helps me to help my clients uncover what's really underneath whatever that pain, whatever that frustration is. And then it helps them to see where. Not, not necessarily where they were wrong, 
but how they may have contributed to the situation and what they can do once they under, understand what how they contributed to it or how they asked for one thing but they really meant something else mm -hmm. then they could change that and they can have you know better success going forward hmm. metaphysics also includes like a spiritual aspect and by spiritual depends on what your beliefs are so if you are a christian then i can talk to you about um, and use specific examples from the Bible. If you're not religious, you know, Bible-based, and I can talk to you uh, in universal terms. I can talk to you in spiritual terms. But I do offer my clients, and I think this, um, this is something that has been a game changer for me, where I provide my clients, you know, typically we say, um, oh, you should pray about it, pray about it, or think positive, right? Well, that's great, and it sounds good, but when a person is in the middle of their pain, they need something to do. So I have what I call my spiritual toolbox where I have different exercises and tools to help them physically burn off that energy, working through those things, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a writing ex exercise, sometimes I'll give uh, movies as a homework assignment. If, you know, the message is in the movie and that person is, you know, more of a visual person. So I really get to know what type of person they are and what's going to reach them. So that is, you know, for me, that's all encompassing and it tends to bring home the lesson because it's not just coming from me, right. but it's also coming from those other avenues. And then they get to get, dig deeper on their own when they do their homework. Yeah, I love it. So, so you work, so you um, provide your services on an individual basis as well as a group? Yes. Okay, okay. And now is it all online or? online and in person it's online and in person okay okay wonderful wonderful so we look what are we now about 15 minutes in and we done <laughs> dug deep i love it um so okay so let me back up a little bit tell us a little bit about like how you grew up where you grew up i know you're in in um illinois somewhere mm -hmm. in illinois <laughs> um but tell us a little bit about like did you grow up there did you do you, do you have a lot of brothers and sisters, you know? Sure. Um, I grew up, it was just uh, the four of us. It was me, my mom, my brother, and my dad. I grew up in a, um, in a pretty rough neighborhood on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I don't know if, mo if a lot of people heard of it. It's not Inglewood. It's, it's Roseland. Nice. Um, I grew up there. And I was the only kid in my neighborhood that went to uh, Catholic high school. So that was different. Um, my mom, you know, was uh, an entrepreneur. She was, she owned a salon and my dad was a supervisor for, you know, um, it was called Hunt and Wesson now. It's called Beatrice Foods. So I learned, I grew up watching my dad uh, carry a briefcase. And he was coming and going and I went to work with him a couple of times and he was, he seemed to be so important. Right. So my corporate side is from my dad, okay. but my entrepreneurial side is from my mom because she got to set her own hours. She got to work with the people she wanted to work with. She can tell, you know, her clients, you know, this is the last time I'm going to do your hair. If they will, you know, out of <laughs> getting out of line. So I have, you know, the uh, combination of my mom and dad within me. Now, my brother was 14 years older than me, so he wasn't really like a brother. He was like an uncle, an uncle that would tell on me all the time. So, you know, we, we didn't really see eye to eye as brother and sister. Um, 
And uh, so life was, life was good. You know, I was a latchkey kid. I did a lot of things by myself. My brother was 14 years older, so he was out of the house. So for me, um, the, the way that my mind is set up uh, and my energy is set up is that I am actually an introvert. So I gain energy and I, I feel much better when I'm by myself, right? Now, I can be an extrovert when I need to be, but a lot of noise and a lot of people and all that I have to, when I go back to my room, if I'm doing a speaking engagement, I go back to my room, it's like, oh my God, you know, I just don't have anything on. I just need to regain my energy. But having been by myself and having been that person who, who does uh, gains her energy by being alone, that has caused me to, uh, I love you know, writing. I love connecting with people. I am the person that would always, you know, people would always come to because I'm listening more, right? I always, I learned at a young age that being an active listener was a good thing and it made people feel seen and made people feel heard. And I was all about people pleasing. Okay. Initially it was about people pleasing. Now it's a trait that I realized helps me to connect with my clients. Okay. Okay. So as life went on, I got, um, I had my first son and then I had my second son with my second son. Um, my ex-husband, um, that was the marriage that I experienced that wasn't very healthy. And so after that, I decided that I didn't want anybody else to experience what I had experienced. Now, there were signs that I saw that I tried, that I overlooked. There were times when I tried to back out of the marriage, you know, getting married, but listening to, you know, other people and, oh, you know, you should, you're just getting cold feet. I went against what I knew my gut was telling me and my gut was right. I should have followed, you know, my first, second and third mind instead of, you know, letting the fourth mind win. But I realize now, you know, once I grew through it, I realized that all of that took place so that I could be the woman that I am today, so that I could have had the experiences that I've had, so that when I'm talking to other women about uh, making sure you select the right person, now I can talk about, you know, making sure that you're selecting the right partner based on what your life goals are, because there's a different kind of partner that you need to have in your life if you want to just follow what I call the traditional marriage, you know, want to have children and you just want to be there for your family. And if you want to have that, plus you want to own a business, right? There's a different type of, you know, different type of man that you need to have in your corner for that. And so helping women get real clear on what they want for their life, the quality of life and the quality of love that they want, and then helping them identify what type of person that is based on their truth is what uh, is my passion. I absolutely love doing it. Um, I love telling all my business too, right? Because I think that the best way for people to learn is, you know, by example. And so I share a lot of my personal life so that other women can see I'm normal. I have problems, you know, I have issues. I'm having hot flashes. So now I'm on this whole, you know, mindful menopause for grown ass woman kick. Uh Um, They need to know, they need to know. And so who else better to tell them than if no one else is going to tell them, then they're going to hear it from me. Right. I like that. You got to stop me, girl, because I can go. I can talk. You know, I, I love it. I mean, I think this is just, this is wonderful. 
I mean, isn't it wonderful actually doing something that you feel so passionate about? Yes. You know, because I, I, I think, and this comes up every time, not every time, every other time about like people pleasing and, you know, doing things that we, doing things because we, we feel that that's expected. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I like how you drew the distinction between if you want to have, you know, like really deciding what it is that you want, that those are two totally different paths, like in terms of choosing a mate. Right. As far as like, like doing the, you know, typical, you know, mm-hmm. get married, you know, buy a home, have 2.5 kids and a dog. Right. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then how it takes a totally different type of person, right? To actually, you know, know know that you want to own a business, know that you want that or some, you know, pieces of that as well as right. having your own uh, business, you know, and it because because it's a mindset, you yes, know what is. I what I've learned is that entrepreneurial this whole entrepreneurial journey is a mindset. Mm-hmm. So I mean I I just think that that's wonderful. I mean I think it's wonderful that you know you're there to assist women, you know down down this path. And to help them gain that clarity and to stand in their truth. And I think it's wonderful just to, for people to be able to hear this and know that you don't have to wake up every day and just go to a job. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That it's possible to actually make a good living by doing something that 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 just that, that lights you up on the inside. You know, it's yeah. not that wake up in the morning, that clock go off, and it's like, you know, remember, remember that old commercial? like time to make the donuts, you know, yes, yes. his feet or whatever, yes. you know, that you can live a life where you feel you are living out your purpose and, and you, and, and it's just, you know, and not, not just to say everything is going to be rosy. Y'all. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, but that it's, it's attainable to be able to do something that you love and to be able to make, you know, make a life for yourself doing that. Right. You know, and it I can see by you even just when you start to talk, I can see how passionate you are about that. I love this. And I, I love, love that. <laughs> I absolutely love it. You know, the thing that the thing that I also help my clients to see, especially those that are entre- entrepreneurial minded, is that you can have both worlds. You can work in corporate and still have your own thing. But again, that takes a special kind of person to be in your corner to allow you to have that. I have, I know women who completely love what they do, love their jobs, and they don't want to walk away from their jobs, but they want to do something that feeds their passion. We can do that. You can do that. Uh, women like me who are still, I'm still doing a, I can't say nine to five because it's like a six to four at this point. And I've reached the pinnacle of my career, but this is my last job. I'm not, this, this will be it. When I, when I leave this one, I'll be going into my thing full time. But right now, this one pays the bills and foots, you know, foots what the infrastructure for the business. So sometimes people, and I did this before, which is why I can say this. I walked away from corporate America thinking, oh, I got this, you know, I get this many followers on Facebook. I have, you know, all these likes and stuff and thinking that that was going to sustain my life, but it didn't. I walked away from a corporate job that was extremely stressful. It was making me sick. And I was like, okay, it's time to walk away. But I didn't have a plan. I didn't have an exit strategy, right? So now as I am back in corporate America, 
I have, I'm building my plan, right? I'm building, you have to build, you have to know what you're doing, you have to prepare for it so that when you do decide to make that transition, it's not as hard, right? It's going, it's still going to be challenging because as an entrepreneur, you don't really know unless you have a consistent uh, recurring income, right? Either a membership or a monthly coaching program where people are coming in and paying every month. Um, you still don't know. And you're always on the grind. Right. So the same grind that I'm doing now where I have, um, I have the, the day job and then I come home and, you know, on lunch, I'm recording podcasts and on the train in, I'm doing my daily posts. For me, it's, I've been doing it that way for so long. I don't know what I would, if I had full, a full 24 hours or a full eight to 10 hours that I could focus solely on my business, girl, please, do you know, <laughs> honey, let me tell you right now, it would be phenomenal, but I learned from my mistakes. Okay. And I know what that, I know what that looks like. And I know now what I didn't know then, and I've gotten a proper training and I've gotten a proper coaching. I've done what I need to do to set my, myself up for success. And that's what we all need to do, whether it is, you know, we want to be a parent and uh, want to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. Hats off to stay-at-home moms. I could not do it. Yeah, me either. I, uh, <laughs> my hats go off to stay-at-home moms. I could not. I need adult interaction and conversation. I can't handle the screaming and screeching. You know, I just can't do that. Um, but if that's what you want to do, then that's great. If you have, but here's the thing, a stay-at-home mom can still be making money and providing a service to other people, yeah. right? Because she knows what she's doing to manage her home. Yeah. And so she could create, you know, checklists and tips and tricks. She can do, you know, morning motivations. I'm not trying to, you know, build entrepreneurs out of everybody, but it is possible. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. If you're enjoying it and you're having a great time, there's someone that can learn from you out there. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So let me, let me kind of ask you a couple more questions and I, cause I want you to be able to dive into your topic. Um, so I'll name, name a couple and you can just, you know, decide how you want to, which one you want to answer first. And I'm pretty sure they probably intertwine, but I always like to ask, and I, and I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I always like to ask what major challenges have you had in your life, whether it's personal or professional, and how you, like I said, I think you might have touched on a couple of things, but, mm -hmm. and how you handled that, so it didn't, like, totally, um, you know, cause you to lose your motivation, mm -hmm. and how, how do you practice good self-care on a regular basis? Okay, um, I'll take them in order. Okay. Uh, some of the challenges that I've experienced, one would be um, being one, being a single mom and oh. trying to raise, you know, two boys, especially after having walked away from my uh, marriage, um, having a, having to experience that. Right. Because there is a certain part of being um, an abused wife that you don't want other people to see. Like I disconnected from my friends and everything. I would always come up with an excuse as to why not to hang out with them. Not because I didn't love them, not because he didn't want me to hang out with them, but because I didn't, I couldn't be around my friends and be happy and be jovial when I wasn't, that wasn't, you know, where I was in my life. 
Um, so growing through that was a huge challenge. Um, if you get my book, again, I told you I love telling everybody my business. If, in the book, I talk about the fact that um, when I walked away from my marriage, I walked away from men altogether. I walked away from men. I walked away from God because he was male. I walked away from anything that represented a man because I was in pain. And I could not believe that, that I was angry at God, right? I was like, ah, how dare you, you know, have me marry this man. And I stood before you and my father was gone by that time. My brother was gone. So there was, there were no men in my life to kick his butt for me and, you know, to make things right. So I decided, okay, uh, this isn't everybody's way, but I decided, well, you know, since that didn't work out, then I'm going to try dating women. But why not? You know, women know women. And one woman would never abuse another woman. That's not true. When I got on that side, I recognized it and moving around in that environment, I recognized that there are a very, there are so many similarities in relationships, regardless of the gender, but the mental and emotional uh, challenges that present themselves in relationships were very, very similar. And where there was, you know, I had experienced um, uh, domestic violence on this side. I had ex I experienced like cheating and infidelity on this side. I was like, wait a minute, what is this? What is happening here? And so me being uh, an overachiever, uh, me being <laughs> a person that I'm not a quitter, so I, you know how uh, they say that uh, they roamed in the wilderness for 40 years? Well, I, I was roaming for 14 years. And during that time, I was really getting clear on, and it was easy for me, and this is where, you know, the book came from. This, it was easy for me to talk to men because I didn't want anything from them. And they knew that they weren't going to get anything from me. So they were honest with me about their interactions with women. So basically I did 14 years of research, Okay. right? So they were honest with me about, you know, um, women and how they behave in relationships and why they feel they can get away with certain things, you know, with women, you know, what gave them the signs, how they could pick these women out in the club at church, at the grocery store. Yes, they were spilling the tea. have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I know the woman is going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. She got to put her email in here or something. <laughs> you know, they were, they were spilling the tea because I was not a threat, right? And I didn't want anything from them. So that helped me to recognize during that time, not dating men, what that helped me to do is recognize those things within myself. Okay. And I was like, oh man, no wonder. Okay. Because I asked one ex of mine, he was so disrespectful. He was just so, and I was, you know, I kept going back because I'm like, okay, if I love him hard enough, then he'll treat me better. And I asked him, I was like, why do you treat me like that? He said, because you let me. Yeah. Simple as that. Uh, as simple as that. I was like, oh. So throughout those 14 years of research, I learned a lot about saw about me, how I showed up, how I attracted the abuser in my life, how and why I married, you know, him instead of walking away. I learned a lot about how other people's influence, if you allow that to come in, how it could make, have you make decisions or influence you to make decisions that you wouldn't normally make. And then throughout this whole 14 year process, I had been in a, like a four year relationship and then this infidelity, I had just had enough of it. So I broke off this four-year relationship 
And um, that's where the five phases of dating came from. Because I didn't want to put my heart into anything else and get it broken again. So I said, well, let me take the warm and fuzzy out of dating. Let me approach it like a project. Okay. In phases, right? So phase one is, you know, friendship. Phase two is dating, non-committed. Phase three is dating, committed. Phase four is engagement. And phase five is marriage. And then as I started to look at, you know, my life and what I had learned during my research, what I heard from the guys, I started putting together things to look for in each phase. Now, the original version of this book I wrote in 2005. Okay. I updated the book for grown ass women this time, adding, you know, additional things, editing things. And then there's a, there's, um, starts on page, I think it's 136, but it starts on page. Yeah, it does. It starts on page 137. I'm providing several different phase, several different, um, I guess you could say, uh, experiences that a woman can have in relationships. And in one column, there's the the way a grown-ass one would i mean a a a woman would handle it and then in this column is the way a grown-ass woman would handle it okay so there's you know how women say i'm a grown-ass woman you know don't nobody do this i'm a grown-ass woman okay well let's see how did you handle that right so getting women to understand the difference a grown-ass woman she's still a woman a woman is still you know she i still give her her just due But when you've gone through some stuff and you've had some experiences in your life and you grow through that to the other side, that's a grown ass woman. When you can look at a situation and you're not so caught up in feelings from the past that you, you throw every feeling and thought that you had that you should have said in that last relationship. Now you're throwing it on this one and it's not warranted. It's too much for the situation. A grown ass woman has taken the time to grow through those things. Right. She's taking the time to really get comfortable and, and really understand from a deeper perspective why she made those choices so that she can make better choices going forward. So I just show the difference in the back and the chart between there's like four, maybe 12, 13 pages of different scenarios and how a woman would handle it and then how a grown ass woman would handle it. Okay. So that book, you know, updated from 2005 to 2018. Um, and then it just kicked off like this whole process, accepting where I am right now in menopause. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't have time. One, I'm, I'm going through too many bodily changes. I'm sweating. I, I don't, I can't control this mess. You know, I get, it's like going through puberty all over again. Yeah. Right. I don't have time for the nonsense. My patience is short. I just don't have it anymore. So all this, I'm a grown ass woman. Okay. Then let's just make that the focus of the business. There's a grown ass woman experience. There's the grown ass couples experience, the grown ass singles experience, the grown ass, you know, there's, there's everything grown. Now we're going to be grown at this point, going through all of this, I'm grown. I'm fully grown now, right? Going through this puberty thing. So let me talk to women from this grown ass woman perspective. I'm not sugarcoating anything anymore. There's no more people pleasing. Either you like it or you don't. You don't. It's whatever it is, right? I'm just not doing it. So um, that was that was the first question. Did I answer the second question? Oh, uh, the second question was, okay, how did you overcome the challenge? And then, it's, then it was, um, how do you practice good self-care? Oh, wait, but, yes. but, but before you start, 
um, and I didn't realize it. And Valerie, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't, it's just that on the screen here, I don't see the comments and I don't normally use Zoom, so I do apologize. Valerie joined us, a Valerie Gilchrist. Okay. And I want to thank you so much for joining us. And I'm so sorry I didn't acknowledge you sooner. But um, a couple of Valerie's comments is, yes, I had to do that work for myself so I could heal from the past hurts while growing up. Good girl, um, Valerie. <laughs> transparency is key in order to really help people. Mm -hmm. um, what, what actually makes sense is people are people. And yeah. So I just wanted, I just wanted to acknowledge that Valerie had joined us. Thank you, I Valerie. I something on there, and I said, oh, my God, there's, there's comments, so let me just, you know, acknowledge you. Thank you so much for joining. And I was going to say something else. Um, oh, I know. I just wanted to ask you. Okay, so you kind of cycled around. So like you said, you had the bad marriage. Then you said, okay, well, why, let, <laughs> let me try the other side. So you mm -hmm. tried the other side. <laughs> and it was some, you know, some of the similar problems and so forth. Right. As you see in heterosexual couples. And then... So you, so you said, so that relationship was like four years. And right. So, so what now, now what do you, cause I, I noticed you, you have on a ring. So now you, you're yes. married. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. I totally forget. I don't know. I always forget to bring in that side of the story. Right. <laughs> so at the end of, uh, let me complete that before I go to the self-care. So at the end of, you know, that whole time, even after 2005, I still you know, stayed in the game. Uh, until about 2007. Now, the last relationship I had, I was in that relationship by title only for about a year and a half because maybe like two months into it, I was like, mm, this really isn't, I'm not sure that this is where I want to be, but you know, it was convenient, so I stayed in it. Now, the thing about that is when I go to do um, presentations and when people ask me questions, I can't in good faith, one, I'm not going to lie. And two, I can't in good faith talk about you should do something if I'm not doing it. So then my spirit started to vex me. I started to get vexed. And it wasn't like, okay, you need to, you know, you're going to hell and oh my God. It wasn't none of that. What it was, was, okay, you're telling people that they need to really sit down and figure out what they want. I need you to do that. I was like, okay. So I took my own. I took the 2005 copy of my book and I sat down and I went through the exercises. And by this time I had started a meditation practice, right? Cause it was very helpful in helping me to stay centered, stay focused. Um, so I would always, I'm really big on visualization. So I would always visualize what I wanted, like the feeling that I wanted. Because again, if I tap back into my metaphysical side, it's not just what you say you want. It's not just, what uh what looks good on paper you know or on a dating app now it's not just that but it's what you feel you know genuinely feel coming back from that person so i had in my head once i wrote out and in my book you'll see there are three lists right there's the must-haves mm -hmm. the things you can compromise on and the hell naws okay <laughs> so once i got clear on all three of those things in the in the beginning of the book it's called internal groundwork mm -hmm. so there's you go through the the list you make your list you create like the day in the life of your perfect relationship mm -hmm. and then you there's a vocabulary lesson and that vocabulary lesson is what i uh touched on a little bit in the beginning where one client mentioned 
the word honest and we had to dig deeper. So that exercise is to help you dig deeper to the personality traits and the character traits that you say you wanted. When I put all those together, I realized, now while I love women and I appreciate women, I can't do women. They're just too much for me. The whole emotional (laughs) scale is just way too much. Their emotions, my emotions, too much, right? I'm just not. I can't. So I said, you know what? What it looks like is that in order for me to have the quality of life, love, and uh and uh, have not have my nerves be frayed on a, on a regular basis. I need to date men. Okay. So I didn't go looking for a man, but what I did once I realized that a man would better suit my the life that I wanted to live, I started envisioning what I wanted him to feel like. What you wanted and him to feel like. What I wanted him to feel like, not physically feel like, but energetically feel like. Okay. Right. So I want and when and I went back and I did my own exercise of the day in the life of the, you know, perfectly authentic relationship. And what and that is you just start. I'll give it to you now. You just start from the if you guys are in the same house, you start. Well, you picture yourself in the same house, whether it's the two of you, you bought it together, you're married, whatever. That's not my business. But however you want to you want to play it out. But you start from the time you wake up in the morning together to the time that you go to bed. You don't give this person a name, right? Because it shouldn't be someone that you're currently with. You don't want to, um, and I'm all about, you know, giving people free will. So you don't give a person, you don't give this person a name, but you just give them, um, you want to talk about how they feel. You know, maybe something like, oh, it, it warms my heart to wake up to the smell of bacon, right? Or I can smell coffee. He always knows he has my coffee ready with my favorite creamer. You know, that whole thing, whatever your wish list is. And my thing, when I tell my clients, nobody's going to see this, but you and I. So you just put it all out there. To me, this list, the three lists that you're creating and this um, day in the life, to me, is like, um, it's like an order that you're placing, okay. right, with the universe. So if you want to use universe, you can. You want to use God, higher power, it's up to you. But it's like an order that you're placing. So you want to make sure that you get this order right. It's important to do that. If you ask for steak and potatoes at a restaurant, they bring you a rare steak and some rare potatoes, you're going to be mad. And they're going to say, well, this is what you asked for. You just asked for steak and potatoes. You didn't say you wanted it cooked, how you wanted it cooked. You didn't say if you wanted fries or mash or baked. So you need to be clear. So that's what I help my clients do to get clear. So I had to do that for myself. Once I did that, I started uh, having, I love the water. So I started having this recurring vision. I would go to sleep thinking this way, thinking about this and the energy and how it would feel in his arms and what he would say and how he would talk to me. Kid you not, I'm in school going back to complete my degree and I'm in class with this guy, now my husband. And we're, you know, our teacher put us on the same team. I get to see him in his element. He gets to see me in my element. I was still, I had just like broken up with maybe like seven months ago with this woman. So I had not dated a man before I started connecting with him. So we're playing, you know, back and forth. You know how you do the the cute little uh, flirting thing. I didn't care. I didn't want anything from him. Right. And he was, he and I were having fun. So we, that was in November when that class was over. 
we didn't connect and go out on a date until February the next year. Okay. We've been together ever since. Wow. And that was what year? That was, I think it was 2008. Wow. That is yeah. amazing. It, it was, it was so amazing. I'm going to tell you how I felt this is, and I'm not, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be one of those chicks. Like the first guy that walks up and he has one of these things. I'm be like, Oh my God, God sent me my husband. That's my husband. I was like, no, <laughs> been down this road, not doing that again. But I promise you when the, one day it was raining and he walked me to the train and there was I one umbrella and he was walking me to the train. He was holding the umbrella. I was like, do you mind if I hold your arm? He was like, no, I don't mind at all. I put my arm, you know, put my hand around his arm. That was the arm that I had been feeling. That was the feeling, the energetic feeling in my, yes, in my visualization. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, this is, I said, this is a arm like the one in my vision. I didn't say this is the arm, right? Because we ha still had to go through the getting to know you process. Um, but I can promise you that having gone through that whole process on my own, having experienced all that I experienced, by the time we started dating, I was 100% authentic. I was able to be myself. I even, and women are like, oh my God, I would never tell a man that I love him, you know, before he told me. I had to. Here's why. I love the way I felt when I was with him. Right. It wasn't even about me being in love with him. I wasn't in love, but I loved him. I loved how he treated me. I loved how he handled me. So every time when I get ready to get off the phone, I'd be like, okay, I, mm, all right, well, have, have a good, you know, I'll talk to you next time. Then the next time I talk to him on the phone, I want to say, I love you when I get off the phone, but I can't because women aren't supposed to tell guys that they love them first. And I was like, you know what? I got to tell you something. He's like, okay. I was like, look, I don't need you to say anything back to me. I don't want you to say anything back to me. I just want you to allow me to speak my truth and then just let me be me. Okay. And he's looking at me like, okay, you've already told me that you used to date women. I said, I don't have a problem with that. Why are you tripping? So I looked at him and I was like, look, I love you. I love who I am when I'm with you. I love you know, the way that you treat me. I love how respectful you are. I love, you know, all of these things. So as I'm telling him this, he's looking, he's like, just looking, not barely blinking, but just looking like, oh my God, this girl's going to freak out if I don't say it back. And I make sure I tell him, I don't want to, don't say anything. I don't want you to say anything because I don't want you to feel obligated. This isn't for you. This is for me. Because I need to be 100% myself. When I get off the phone, I don't want to have to stop myself from saying what I want to say. I don't need you to love me back. I just need you to know that I love the person that you are. And it had, it was like, I don't even remember how much longer after that. It was a couple of months. I got ready to get off the phone. I was like, okay, I love you. He said, I love you too. And I was getting ready to hung up. I was like, wait, what? What'd you say? <laughs> he said, I love you too. I was like, wait. Okay, let, let's try this again. Let's, let's do this all over again. Because I was rushing to get off the phone and I missed it. I was like, okay, I love you. He said, I love you too. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, you love me. Oh my God, you love me. But I didn't need him. I was at a point in my life where I didn't need him to love me back. And if we, you know, if we had broken up for whatever reason, I would have been totally okay with that because I finally got to the point where I was a grown ass woman. 
I was comfortable enough in my own skin where I could be honest about what was going on with me without needing him to respond in a certain way. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let me just, let's pause briefly. I want to acknowledge Diane. Thank you for joining us. And Ms. Tokara, thank you so much for joining us. And y'all, if if you, you guys have to go back and catch the re and do the replay, okay? So you can hear from the beginning. But thank you, ladies, for joining us. Okay, so I don't want you to feel rushed during your topic, but let's let's go into your topic. And if there is time, then you could tell us. Well, the the other questions were well, how do you practice good self care? Mm -hmm. um, tell us something interesting about you. I think you might have touched on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, what advice and what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? So go okay. ahead and announce your topic and, you know, talk, you know, let us go, go through that. You don't have to feel rushed. And then if there's time, then you can, you know, answer one of those other questions. Okay. And then of course, at the end to tell us exactly how, how they can reach you. Okay. So I'm going to, why don't I just go ahead and, and uh, group the questions into my response because it's all a okay. part of it anyway, okay. right? So the topic is how to be 100% authentic in your relationships. And I think I've been touching on it throughout uh, tonight's um, broadcast because um, you, in order to be 100% authentic in all of your relationships, first you got to be 100% real with yourself, Right. You have to tap into the spirit of who you are, not who you've been for other people, not who you've been for your children, not who you show up as at your church or at your work. You got to get really, really deep and, and figure out what are the things that make you tick? What are the things that make you happy? What does happiness look like? What does happiness look like in your life? What does it look like in your relationships? Hell, what does it look like in your friendships? Right, because sometimes we're friends with people because we've been friends with them for so long, but they really add no value to our life whatsoever. But we feel obligated because you've known this girl since grammar school mm -hmm. and you keep dragging her behind along, hoping that every time you take her to an event that she's gonna pick up something, you know, she's gonna get, you know, some some good vibes and she's gonna stop being negative and this chick is gonna be who she is forever. Right? So you need to know that. You need to recognize. It doesn't mean that you have to cut her from your life, but you have to do, you have to do, you do have to determine how much time you're going to give her, right? Um, and uh, I don't have it on me right now. I was going to show you, there's an exercise that I give people um, called an energy wheel. And this energy wheel, you determine all the different things that you're giving um, energy to in your life and whether or not, you know, what you need to reduce. So part of, again, part of being authentic is one, knowing who you are, identifying what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy, um, making a list of those things or those, find one woman that you admire. She can be a celebrity. She can be alive. She can be dead. She can be your neighbor. She can be your best friend. It doesn't matter. But what are the qualities that you admire in that person? And if there's something that you really, really admire, then why not develop those qualities within yourself? Sometimes in order to, to move or to grow, you have to pull up the weeds in other areas of your life, right? In order for you to plant seeds, sometimes you have to pull up and make room by pulling out the weeds. So you need to, whether you work with a coach or whether you do it on your own, 
as especially if you um, are in the I say in the menopausal phase because this is where I am right now. But you need to do a life review. Even before I got here, I would uh, encourage my clients and then I do it the same. I would do it like every three to six months. I do a life review and I review these um, areas. You look at your uh, finances. You look at in your relationships. You look at your health. You look at your spiritual. And then you look at your education, right? You look at all those areas. What are you doing in those five areas that you like, that you want to keep doing? What are you not doing that you would like to start doing in those five areas? And then make a determination to how you, as to how you're going to move forward. Okay. So if you, uh, finances, relationships, health, spiritual, and um, educational. Oh, and there's another one, recreational. recreational. So you look at those six areas and you try to determine, okay, where am I right now? right? Where am I in this moment in my life? Where am I? And then within each of those topics, you have, you know, you're going to cover certain things under relationships. It could be friendships. It could be work relationships. Um, it could be, you know, intimate relationships. It could be family relationships. So you take a look at all of those. Under finances, it could be, you know, your checking account, your savings. It could be your uh, your investments, if you have it. If it could be your credit card bills. Where are you now? What is your outlook? Where do you want to be and what do you need to get there? I've always been that person. And so when you do that and you start being real with yourself, not just on the, on the top or on the surface, I'm all about digging deeper, right? So if you have these 12 friendships and they're not working, all of them are not working for you, what is it? Write down what you're getting from each one of them and how important that is to you right now in your life. Because being able to have this friend that you could go to the club with all the time, who would, you know, stay out till six o'clock in the morning, y'all go out clubbing it, and you go get breakfast, and you go to the mall, that person, if that person is still doing that, and you're no longer, that's not where you are, then maybe this isn't a person that you need to be spending a whole lot of time with. If you're married, are all of your friends single, right? And you're hanging out with a bunch of single friends. One, that's that's going to, not to say that you're going to do anything, but that's going to put you in some situations that you probably should not or do not want to be in. And two, if you're not surrounding yourself with other married couples who have, you know, who have um, been together longer than you with, and who have a lot more experience that could provide, you know, some guidance for you, then you're out here. If you're all your married friends are married within the same amount of time that you have, then you really don't have an opportunity to grow, right? So sometimes you can't always be the smartest person in the room. You have to go and sit at the feet of someone else, right? So you look at each area and then you dive deeper into each area. And then you decide, once you look at where you are, where you want to be, then you look at how are you showing up? So for an example would be if you're working at a job and you say you want to get promoted to manager, this is where you are. You're, you're, you know, and you're um, a team per, a team member now. You want to be a manager. Where, how are you showing up? Are you showing up as a team member? You always hanging with the team, or are you showing up like a person who's trying to learn more things so that you can get to a management position? So, in order to show up authentically, you have to see and you have to know what you're showing up as for yourself. What is it that you're doing now? Where do you want to be? What's the gap in between? How do you fill that gap? And what are you presenting? 
right? Because especially with the um, with the work, if you're going into the office and you're there was a time where I was working for Allstate. There was a uh, in the lobby they had these televisions that were on the uh, financial channels through, through most of the day until 12 o'clock when all my children came on. <laughs> there was six African Americans <laughs> that would sit down and change the ch change the channel on the televisions and would watch all my children and eat lunch together. Every time I walked by, they'd be like, girl, you should come and eat lunch with us. You should come and, you should come and sit down with, you know, with the crew because there weren't very many of us in the building. But I was like, oh, you know what? I have to take lunch earlier because I have to be back at my desk. I didn't have to take lunch earlier, but I didn't want to get pigeonholed into that group and to be seen, not that I didn't want to be seen with my people, but my people didn't have aspirations, the same type of aspirations that I did. So I ate when the managers ate, I ate when the officers ate so that they could see me and I could have the conversations, right? So that's a way to, you know, look at it from, from work perspective. Now, when you look at your relationships, when you look at, let's say your marriage, let's say right now, your marriage is a little rocky. You guys have been together, you know, for so long where everything is routine, right? It doesn't even have to be rocky. It could just be, you know, yeah, this is what we do every day. We have the same routine every day. But you want the same, you want the same type of connection that you see, you know, Karen and her husband with over there. Then figure out what Karen is doing. What is Karen doing and her husband doing that's different than what you're doing? If, is it, do you need to read a book? Do you need to take a class? Do you need to, uh, you know, are you, is your body changing to the degree that you don't, you no longer feel sexy in your body. And so you're no longer showing up, um, like you're comfortable in your own skin in your house, right? We get comfortable. I got, I don't have it here with me, but I had it on this morning. I have a hoodie. The holes are out, right? The elbows are out. I got holes in the elbows. The thumb holes are frayed, you know, but it's my favorite hoodie. <laughs> my husband knows it's my favorite hoodie. Um, but that's not, I don't wear it all the time, right? I could because it's comfortable. It's broken in, right? It, it's, it has the nice air-conditioned holes in it. But I know that if I want to keep my marriage fresh, and if I want to keep my husband's eyes right here, then I need to care about what this is looking like. I need to be comfortable in my own skin, and I need to be comfortable enough to do those things that the average woman wouldn't do. Grown-ass woman is totally fine with taking a pole dancing class, right? Doesn't mean she has to go out there and get on the pole, but a pole dancing class teaches her how to move her body and how to, you know, use her body in ways that she didn't know. Plus, it's a hell of a workout. It is a total body oh, workout goodness. for sure. Girl, I tried. I look like a linebacker trying to uh, go around that pole. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I look like a linebacker trying to. I'm. What happened? I used to be so, you know, so I could be so fluid and so dainty. Girl, please. I look like a linebacker going around that pole. I had to learn how to bring it down, take, you know, take the, the, the stuffiness and the, the tightness out of it and learn how to relax. But that, it was fun for me, right? It was fun. It was something. And just going to a class like that helps to um, put a, like, reignite your self-esteem and your self-confidence. You never have to go out there and be a pole champion. Um, 
but now you know how to move a little differently. Now you know how to move a little differently in the pole. That means you can move a little differently in the bedroom. You, you, you know, know what, what does it for me? Just real, real quick. If y'all hearing a lot of feedback from me, let me know. Because I got my headphones on now. But salsa. Ah. Oh, salsa. Salsa is sexy. Mm -hmm, it is. I, I like salsa. Yes, that's sexy. But it's something, right? It's moving. It's movement. Moving your body. We get very comfortable in our marriages. We get very comfortable... You know, there was a point, and to be flat out honest with you, where I was like, okay, yes, my husband is supportive of me. He is very supportive of me, always has been. But that doesn't mean that there are times when I'm in here in my office working where he would prefer me to be out with him spending time. Now, of course, he's such a sweet guy. He's not going to say it because he knows I'm in here trying to get my business, you know, moving and train the team and do all things like that. But as his wife, I have to recognize that. My husband will never say anything negative. He would never try to squash anything. But just because he wouldn't doesn't mean he's not feeling it. So I have to make sure as a woman who is driven that I make my husband feel like he comes first, right? For a while there, I was behaving like a businesswoman who happened to be married when I had to flip that around. And I, when I realized that I was like, oh no, I'm a married woman who happens to have a business, not a businesswoman who happens to be married. And when you make sure that you stay, you know, focused on what's really important, especially if you have a mate that is supportive of you and, and helps support your dreams, you don't ever want them to feel second. So when I recognize that it's a possibility that I could be doing this, immediately I turn that around. So it's, it's important to know what to look for. Like, how do you realize this? And what is, how do you recognize the signs? That's important too. But if you don't have women in your life to help you with that, you don't have women in your life that have walked that road before you, you're out here, you know, making mistakes left and right and learning after the fact. So taking care of yourself individual, as an individual, not just, you know, your surroundings and your marriage. I always make sure that, um, I have quiet time. So I, I've converted a part of my closet into what I call my beauty station. So it's beauty inside, my beauty inside and out. The first uh, couple, and I'll post a picture under this so you guys can see it. But the first couple of shelves are for my makeup. I bought this cute little makeup, like not the big one, not the huge one, the mirror with all the Hollywood lights on it. It's a small one. Um, that could fit in this space. And I have my makeup there. I do my makeup there. My son bought me a, a chair for it. So I have that. And then on the shelves beneath it is my spiritual place. So I have my prayer box there. I have my Bible there. I have my journal. I have my candles. I have my little yoga lady. You know, then I have my mat in there. So this is all, it's a pretty good size closet. This is all my closet. closet is. <laughs> it's a walk-in closet. It's a pretty good size closet. But um, I take time in there, right? I go in there like in the mornings. If I, if I wake up in the middle of the night, which I do because my brain is always on, um, and these hot flashes will wake me up and then I can't get back to sleep. So instead of fussing and cussing, I just go in there and spend some time, you know, in prayer and in meditation. And I also do make sure that I get, try to make sure that I get a monthly massage, right? You need to do body work. Body work is very helpful in moving the energy and, and releasing the toxins. I also have a, um, 
It's a portable sauna. It's one that I got off of Amazon. It's you'd fold it up and put it in a closet. So it's not, you know, don't get too excited. It's not the real big one where you walk in with the cedar wood. No, it's a little material thing with a little uh, director's chair. I'll post a picture, a link for that too. So you guys can see it. But I love sitting in there and and just sweating out the toxin so for me that's also a way of releasing letting go i use every opportunity i can when it's just me to not only release the physical but to release the mental and the emotional and for me as i'm sweating out you know the toxins i feel like i'm letting go of all the negativity i'm letting go of everything that didn't work well for the day and it just makes me feel so much better now I've gone from, to keep me from stressing about my hair, I've gone natural. I was, me and my hair and my perm, my, my creamy crack, we were in love, girl. We were in love. We've been together for some years, but I had to divorce. I had to divorce the creamy crack because I can't keep my hair together. And yes, I, my hair has to be together, but I can't keep it together if I'm always sweating with the perm. So now my thing is I'm enjoying the process of learning my texture, learning my, you know, what products work on my hair. Um, the shrinkage I'm not too crazy about, but I'm letting it, you know, do what it's doing while it's growing out. And as it, you know, as it grows out, then that'll be different, but I'm, I'm having a good time with it. So just get to know yourself. Hey, get to know yourself. What is it that makes you tick? What makes you happy? What sort of pampering, could you do for yourself? And don't ask, you can ask your husband for a massage when it's going to lead to something else. My husband cannot touch me massage wise and give a good massage without getting sidetracked. And then I get irritated because all I want is a massage. So to keep from that being a frustrating experience, I just go pay for the massage that I want. Don't be afraid to do it. And you're, if you have insurance, your insurance may even cover it. Right. So we can't say, oh, I don't have money. Check and look and see if your insurance will cover it. It may cover most of it. You may have a $25 copay. And shoes. I love shoes. I can Those are my things. <laughs> I love shoes. Oh my gosh. I love me some shoes. Because you, you know, do you hear feedback when I talk? Okay. It's no. Now. I saw mm -hmm. something you posted recent, recently and the pattern in your shoes matched the pattern. Yes. <laughs> I said, look at her. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> look at Miss Naomi. <laughs> yes. And I bought the shoes like a month or two months ago. I had bought the outfit for the award uh, ceremony. Um, so I bought the shoes two months ago. And then the week, like two days before the ceremony, I had to find an outfit to match the shoes. And I did. It was perfect. Oh. It was. It was. It was nice. It was really nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I know we're we're closely approaching our time. So you talk to us about how you make sure you practice self care on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, I guess lastly, what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? Oh, to not be a people pleaser. Okay. Being a people pleaser leads you to do and be involved, get involved in things that you really don't care to do, but you don't want to hurt the other person. You don't let the other person down. And so you tend to spend a lot of your time, your life until you finally get the picture doing things 
out of obligation, doing things because you want to be liked. Um, and it's really not, it's not about that. Life is not about people pleasing. When you are a people pleaser, people can, other people can recognize that. And it's very easy for someone to take advantage of you, take advantage of what they consider or you consider to be your kindness. But honestly, sweetheart, it's not really, this is what I would have said to me. Girl, it's not kindness, right? You're doing it because there's a part of you that feels like you won't be liked if you didn't do it. So I need you to sit your tail down and to think about this for a minute. What is it that you're, you feel like you won't be liked about? And the reason why I chose this one is because for years, for years, I wouldn't openly talk about the fact that I dated women. For years, I wouldn't openly, it wasn't until like two years ago that I started sharing publicly that I was a victim of domestic violence. Even though my private clients knew it and the women that were in my courses knew it, I wasn't sharing it publicly so that everybody knew it. I have a question. What about your family? Like your, your brother, you know, did you talk to, did, did they know? My brother, um, my brother knew. Yes, my brother knew. Um, my brother was not, my brother, my mother, my father didn't know he was gone. I didn't get a lot of support. Okay. I did not get a lot of support. So I had to source my own, uh, I had to source my own support. Um, I had to, that's when I started having, um, what do we call it? Extended family, right? And I found that friends that have been through me, with me through thick and thin, I have friends that are closer to me and I'm closer to than I am to members of my own family. I have, um, what was so wonderful for me was that my children accepted me, right? My children accepted me and they didn't care as long as I was happy, right? As long as they didn't. How old are you? Um, you have two sons. I do. How old are two, they? Um, my oldest will be 30, and my youngest just turned 25. And then I have a bonus daughter who will be 21, I think. 21? No, 21, yeah, in April. So those are my children. But, they, but you know, my boys, they, they didn't care I was mom. As long as mom was happy, that's all they cared about. And then, you know, my husband, they absolutely love my husband. And he's like, you know, a second dad to them. Real cool. He's, he's such a great guy. Yes, I'm saying that because I'm married to him. But he is. He really is a great guy. <laughs> um, so I want everybody, you know, to know that for years I hid behind the reality or truth of who I was because I wanted people to like me. I didn't want people, you know, to say, oh, my God, you know. Why is she talking to us about relationships when she used to date women? I'm the perfect person to talk to you about relationships since I dated women because I got all the inside scoop from the man. So I know what they're looking for. I know what their tricks are. I know how they, you know, they, you go out to the club, you think you're putting forth this energy, but they can read right through it. So now I'm the person to tell you, girl, don't do that. Mm -mm. You think that's cute. But this, you think this is what you're putting out, but this is what is actually happening, right? So do not, do not be a people pleaser. Figure out who you are, continue. I'm always constantly evolving. I'm looking at myself, I'm looking at my life, I'm looking at those around me, I'm looking at the interactions that I have, 
Um, I'm in the process right now of restructuring my business, changing logos, changing, um, changing logos, changing content, retiring content, creating new content. We are constantly evolving. And the one thing that I'm the most proud about in this moment is my new podcast, girl. Mindful Menopause for Grown-Ass Women. I am so excited about this podcast because just like I'm talking to you, this is how I'm talking on the podcast. Okay. And I am sharing those things that, that we tend to take either take for granted or we were not told um, as women. So it's like you listening to while you're going to work or while you're doing housework, it's like you listening to your, your aunt Mabel in the background telling you what, you know, what it's like and, and what it's like being a woman. And the truth about being, um, the truth about the spiritual and emotional aspects of our cycles that we were never taught, you know, eventually I just started it. I think it's been a month okay. and it's already on seven platforms. And I only, I've only had, I don't know how many people listen to it. Not a whole lot of listeners, but it's on seven platforms, including iTunes. I'm like, oh my God. So I'm so excited about that because I'm being right now in this space. I think I'm more authentic and more real than I have ever been. Nice. Okay. And while I think that the hot flashes are annoying, because I had two while I'm sitting here with you. Um, <laughs> They, they truly, for, I understand now why women quit their jobs as CEOs and CFOs and sell everything and go sell blankets in uh, alpaca. I get it. You get it now, right? I get it. It's like, you know what? Because we've lived our lives for everybody else for so long. Mm -hmm. And when we get to this point and we start having these body changes and these mood changes and all of this and everybody's still expecting us to be the same person we were and we realize you know what this is my time this is for me mm -hmm. then we start I, I get it now I get it so I'm trying to stop women from having to wait until menopause to really connect with and really learn how to nurture themselves once a month Right. Your, your cycle, if you're still having a cycle, that is the time where, you know, back in, in the huts, women would go to this one hut and they would all have their uh, cycles. Well, not cycles together, but when they were on their cycles, they would go into this hut. Inside the hut were other women who at the same time were having their cycles or the elder women who were there to help nurture on them, right? To help nurture. And that was a community where they could go and they could get away from, you know, the, um, uh, working the land or taking care of the kids, they could go in here for seven days and be loved on and, and have community with other, you know, other women and they could talk about their problems and all this. So they had that time. This was a sacred time for them. And then they were able to go back into, you know, their villages and do what they needed to do and be the mothers that they needed to be for their kids and the wives that they needed to be for the husbands because they took those seven days for themselves. So, but we're taught our periods are bad. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, and flow is coming, right? Oh, what am I going to do? I'm having, girl, what's going on? I got cramps. It's like mm -hmm. your cramps are there trying to tell you something. So I'm going to start talking about the, um, and this is the metaphysical side coming out, you know, the spiritual and the emotional aspects of your cycles, the spiritual and uh, the spiritual reasons for fibroids, why we get them and how we can naturally uh, give, 
how we can naturally help lessen the severity of them, shrink them, or, you know, natural ways in which we can help deal with them. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of things, things that I haven't really talked about because, you know, I was hiding, didn't want to seem too woo-woo for certain people. I, I, ain't nobody got time for that. And you know what? And that's such a, that's so prevalent within the African mm-hmm. American community. I mean, I could just name off probably about five or six different friends or cousins or associates that have, you know, fibroids. Yes. You know, so that, that's very, very common. Um, so yeah, so just, I know we're, ladies, we're wrapping up again. You've joined us for a Queen's Roundtable show, which happens every second and fourth Sunday of the month. If you are interested in being a guest, I will, you know, go to my, go to my Facebook page and you can get the link or I'll, I'll post it again. So that way you can apply. But at any rate, I'm so, it was so much fun talking to you. I mean, just, just a lot of fun and you shared a lot of great information and thank, thank you for being so open, you know, with us and sharing your, sure. sharing a lot of your experiences. So tell them again, the, I guess, you know, leave them maybe your website and also to just put it in the comments and I can take it and post it as well. But I okay. just want to give them a link to your website or, you know, what, what is it that, that you want to share with them in terms of how to, you know, get in contact with you if they want to sure. link up with you? Okay. Thank, thank, I had a great time too. Thank you so much for, um, I know in the beginning when I made that comment about uh, the psychology field, I know <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, no shade, no shade at all, but this has been my experience. So thank you so much for being, you know, open and a good sport with that comment. I really had a great time. You can find me like anywhere. Um, on social media by my first name and my last name. Um, my website is, you know, www.anitasharlow.com. That's the website I'm going to give you. And then from that website, um, there are buttons where you can uh, you branch off into the other things that I'm doing. Um, currently, it, it, I don't have Mindful Menopause for Grown-Ass Women on there, but you can search for Mindful Menopause uh, for grown ass women, it's on Spotify. It's on Anchor. Anchor is the is the home base for the podcast. It's on Anchor. It's on Spotify. It's on um, iTunes. It's on other uh, Google Podcasts. It's on other things. I don't even know. I've never even heard of, but it's out there. If you go to Anchor, Anchor FM forward slash G A W Mindful Menopause. That's for grown ass women. But GAW Mindful Menopause, and I will put all the links uh, underneath this um, recording. You can sign up there. If you go to the anchor, if you go to the home base, which is the anchor.fm, you can all, if you have any comments, if you have any suggestions, if you have any uh, show topics that you'd like for me to talk about, you can leave me a voicemail directly through the um, anchor podca- anchor.fm website. And if it is, you know, you want to share your story based on something that is, uh, that resonates with, with the show that I did, I'm happy to play that in the show and let other, you know, and let others hear that they're, you're, they're not the only ones that are experiencing this. I'm not the only one that has experienced it, but here are some experiences from our listeners as well. So I'm happy to do that. And if you want to stay in touch with me and join the list so that you can keep up with everything that is happening. Um, I'll give you the bit.ly link and it's very easy to remember. It's bit.ly forward slash girl. Don't forget about me. 
okay? bit.ly forward slash girl, don't forget about me. So you shouldn't forget that. And if you sign up, then you won't be left out of, you know, um, any upcoming events, any new classes. Sometimes I'll send out like a, a bonus um, class for my list only. I do have men on my list too, so I have to be clear and say for men only, but I'll either send out, you know, do a free class for them or invite them to something, give them a, a deep discount code for their support for being on the list. And I will, if you join the list, then you'll learn a lot more about the upcoming Keeping It Sexy Challenge. I haven't scheduled that yet, but it is coming in fourth quarter, as well as the um, grand opening of the Mindful Menopause for Grown Ass Women monthly membership. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. I, I actually, I put in your website, <laughs> but put the other links in because okay. I, I have a podcast too. So what, and what I do is after we record this, I take it, I put it on there and mm -hmm. I like to make sure that I have the links and then it goes on my YouTube. And I like to make sure I have the links for that too. So okay. you forget, make sure you put them in and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Again, every second and fourth Sunday of the month, you can join myself, Jacqueline by Harrison, and another uh, entrepreneur that's coming to share their experiences as well as their expertise. So everyone have a wonderful rest of your Sunday afternoon. And thank you again for joining us. And thank you so much, Anita, for being here. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, thanks, okay, take, care, take care, everyone. Thanks for watching.